Hey everybody, welcome to the Buckrick Podcast. I'm JJ Sexton. I'm here with Nick Houseman. Nick, we are doing a live Iowa results reaction and analysis show. We've got our patrons here. Thank you so much for tuning in. Uh, if you want to do something like this, and, and by the way, people know this. I, I was putting out special coverage from Iowa on the ground all weekend. People were able to get those uh, dispatches by going to patreon.com slash Podcast. Thank you all for tuning in. Uh, we're going to talk about Iowa. We're going to talk about my experiences in Iowa, the results, what they mean, what's going to look like going forward. Also, we're going to take your questions. Another advantage of being a patron of the Muckrake Podcast. So if you have any, feel free to, uh, to, to put a question in here. We'll get to it before the end of the program. Nick, I am back home after surviving Iowa. It is. It was rough, man. As I said to you before I started recording, uh, it was negative 20 on Sunday morning. Uh, Nick Hausman would not have made it. I would not have made it. If you had to wait more than a few minutes outside in that in that weather for anything, I would have uh, I I would have had to have not not been there anymore. Nick, I was wearing I I, I can't remember if I I put this in my special coverage. I was wearing uh, uh, long underwear top to bottom. I was wearing like fleece lined uh, mountain climbing pants. I was wearing, you know, a couple pairs of socks, boots. I was wearing uh, a a thermal on top of that. I was wearing a t-shirt, a sweatshirt, a flannel. On top of that, a heavy, heavy coat, a hat, a hood. I wrapped a scarf around my head. It still was not enough for those people who want to know just how cold Iowa was this weekend. Well, it, well, that reminds me. I went to the two Bears games in 1985 in December, the, uh, the NSC title game and the game before that. Similar conditions, you know, two and a half, three hours straight, and uh, I'm still cold from that. So I, I Oh, said, my God. Well, guys, I, I, I got to tell you um, – we we are we're reporting right now. We're recording this on Monday, January fifteenth. Uh, it, it it's it's all done, but the singing and crying. We're still trying to find out if Nikki Haley or Ron DeSantis is going to come in second. I'll let you know what I have heard and what people are telling me. Uh, but Donald Trump, as predicted, is going to uh, walk away with the Iowa caucus. It looks like now uh, that he probably will get over fifty percent. Congratulations, Nick. You did predict that. Um, there's a lot to talk about from this results, uh, from these results, from what I saw on the ground in Iowa. Uh, but Nick, what a, a what a incredible thing! Donald Trump barely spent any time in Iowa. Uh, I'll talk about this later. He constantly attacked the quote unquote popular governor of Iowa, Republican governor of Iowa. Um, he basically spent all of his time in courtrooms. He's facing 91 counts against him, multiple indictments. He spends more time in the courtroom than he does on the campaign trail. And what we have seen tonight, Nick, is that not only does Donald Trump own this nomination, but that things have shifted to a point where the support for Donald Trump uh, has become not just terminal, but accelerated. I, I think they've been waiting for this moment. Like this has been yeah. the culmination. And so, well, maybe we didn't even grasp at the time. Obviously it was detrimental to our democracy to question the way he did the results. Right. And that kind of throws into a lot of things, but I think maybe just now I'm starting to realize is what has happened out of this is that he's created this excitement, right. Since 2020, you know, for four straight years to get to this point where now they cannot wait to like vote for him again and right the wrong, correct the record, all the things that he had spread about that were lies. And I think this is what we're seeing. Like, like a, it's a spout that has just begun to open and will be, you know, shooting out in a very high pressure, uh, the kind of energy and excitement that we certainly don't see on the other side. Yeah, I've got stories from what I experienced at the Trump rally and with the, um, with a little bit of time since then, and and for those of you who didn't hear the special reports, I'll I'll, I'll recount them and let you know what happened because it was ugly. Um, since that rally, since the conversations I I had, uh, the things I overheard, the things I saw, Nick, what I have come to realize is that 2016, 2020, and 2024 are three very different elections. 2016 was an aggrieved white Republican base that believed that Donald Trump could go to Washington, D.C., drain the swamp, and put everything to right. They believed that for four years, that's what he did. They live in a fantasy world where he he kept every promise that he gave. He made everything better. They now look at it almost like that that cherished 1950s, you know, the sepia-toned white suburbia that everybody uh, wants to get back to before civil rights. 
in 2020, of course, uh, he lost. They believe that he won. Uh, the exit polls, by the way, Nick, I don't know if you've seen this. Uh, in every exit poll that you look at, over 60% of Republican voters, and not just Donald Trump voters, believe that 2020 was stolen by the Democratic Party and that Joe Biden is not the rightful president of the United States. 2020 changed the Donald Trump MAGA movement. For 2024, Nick, it's not that they're interested in getting someone elected who is going to pass legislation that they want passed or to achieve political goals that they want achieved. They now believe that the system is so corrupted that there is absolutely nothing they can do to save it, save for electing a dictator who is willing to spill blood. That's where this is. That's what they want. And as long as that is what's happening, you're not going to be sitting here talking about Nikki Haley. You're not going to be sitting here talking about Ron DeSantis. And I'll tell you why in a second. I have new perspective on this. They are interested and excited and jacked up for the possibility of something akin to a Trump dictatorship. You know, he keeps pushing this whole notion about why well, I yep. want to be there for a day, but then he's added now and he keeps talking about four years and then beyond. Yep. So, um, you know, listen, you could just say he's talking shit like, you know, Roger Stone was talking shit about killing, you know, uh, Eric Swalwell. But uh, at some point we have to believe him. And even if we're not, even if he's not going to seriously do that, it just indicates what he is willing to do, which is anything and everything he wants to enrich himself. So, um, yeah, we, I, I suppose in 2015, we wouldn't have been able to say to each other uh, that we would get to this point where this many people would want this, right? They would want a dictatorship. But, it, there, it, there, you know, it, there's something that he was able to light a fuse under. And um, I, I didn't think that the, the lie about the 2020 election would continue to increase the base that he has. And that's sort of what it feels like, right? I think he's, that, that's been a, an alluring thing to even more of the electorate who had never participated before. Uh, and they, they all look alike. And so um, they've been able to mine, I think, more, more votes now. And so, again, I don't know what the landscape's going to end up looking like because we keep saying it's going to be three states and 50,000 votes. It might not be that. It might need to be a lot more to flip that because he's got a, maybe a bigger advantage this year. You know, Nick, you and I, we first talked back in 2016. The seed for the Muckrake podcast was planted in 2016 after I went to Trump rallies. And you took me seriously. You wanted to talk to me, ask me what I thought was happening. And when I told you that something really bad was brewing in this country and that it could get a lot worse, you believed me. Uh, there were some people who did. There were other people who laughed about it and believed that, you know, at the same way they, they were like, oh, there's no way he's going to refuse to leave the White House. That's insane. Right. What we're seeing now in 2024, and this is unfortunate, Nick, and, and I, don't, I don't like saying this. I don't take any joy from saying this. The thesis of the Muckrake podcast, the thesis of our show and our work and our advocacy, what we do on uh, with this program, we've been telling people we're going to take a long, hard look at what's going on in this country and tell you where it's going. And why did we do that? Because we wanted to avoid it. Because we wanted to move out of the way. I, I, you and I have joked about this all the time. We wish that we could get unemployed. <laughs> we, we wish that we, this wasn't something that needed done. What is happening now is that what we have been talking about and what we have been warning about for the past eight years, it has metastasized. And there's no way for it not to, Nick. Like you just said, Trump, and this was at the rally that I went to on Sunday, Trump made the joke for the next four years and maybe beyond. He told everybody, like, he, and, and if you listen to him, he means it. He really does mean, I'll, I'll be president until I don't want to be president anymore or I die. They heard him. And guess what, Nick? They encouraged it. And you know what happens when the MAGA crowd encourages Donald Trump? He gets worse. And then he encourages them and it goes back and forth and back and forth. And so this continues to grow and develop and get worse. What I heard from Trump and what I heard from his supporters in Iowa, it confirmed our thesis, which is this is getting worse. And this is getting more and more unmanageable. And what is happening as this continues to grow is that, Nick, I, I want to I tell people these numbers in case they don't remember it, because political memory in this country is terrible. In 2016, who won the Republican or caucus in Iowa? Oh, uh, it was it was a Cruz? It was Ted no. Cruz with 27%. Don, Donald Trump had 24% and Marco Rubio had 23 23 we're looking at an Iowa tonight. 
where Donald Trump, and by the way, the reason Ted Cruz won Iowa is because it is a deeply evangelical state. Donald Trump has completely taken over the evangelical vote top to bottom. There's no room anymore for anyone else. He is going to cruise to probably a 52 to 53% win here. That is wild. Wild. <laughs> yeah. And Haley, well, first, I, I really want to hear your experience at the rally a little bit more about what that was like. Uh, so let's, let's dive into that real quick before I forget. Um, was he on time? <laughs> Donald Trump? No, he wasn't. He was not on time. I know that's a shocker to everybody, but no. All right, so that, that's the number. I, well, how late was he? How long? How much? How long did you have to wait in there? Well, well it, it it depends on, on on what you you think. Like he made his supporters stay outside. I mean, I I waited out in negative twenty degrees for thirty to forty minutes. I lost track. I lost track of time. I thought I was dying. Wow. Uh, but he was incredibly late for his actual speech. Um, Nikki Haley was a little bit late. Ron DeSantis, man. I saw DeSantis today. I've got some thoughts uh, on what happened with DeSantis. DeSantis is like a clock. I don't think he could be late to something if he had to. Uh, but yeah, Trump Trump was absolutely late. Um, now, did it ever get to the point where he keeps going way too long? Everyone loses oh. interest. They start to walk out. Like th that's still happening, right? Oh yeah, and you know McKay Coppins. I love this thing where he's like, everybody needs to go to a Trump rally and see that he bores everybody. That has happened for eight years, Nick. This man is a petty narcissist who rambles his ass off. He doesn't care at all if he makes any type of sense. Like that's who he is. He's going to ramble. He's going to say crazy shit the entire time. That's what happened. He drugged. By the way, did you know that Doug Burgum endorsed him in Iowa? Uh, no, really? He pulled Doug Burgum out on stage and humiliated him in front of the crowd. I was like, okay, thanks, Doug. You got to go. You got to go and pushed him off and then just rambled about like groceries for 20 you know, minutes. Because Burgum was the one guy who seemed a little bit like rational uh, out there. So, you know, it's like, here's where we're at with the people who should be adamantly against him, like the Liz Cheney type of people uh, are now realizing that maybe they can benefit from from being around the guy. Uh, Jeff wants to know Doug Bergen was he's the governor of North um, Dakota. where North Dakota, North right? Dakota. And it was on stage for what, at least for one of the debates, you know, so he was viably, you know, running to be, you know, the, the GOP nominee. And, um, and and just seems somewhat normal, I have to tell you. But, but uh, you know, even these people are, are willing Doug to... Doug Burgum, for, for the record, for people who don't know Doug Burgum, Doug Burgum looks like he walked into a car wash and got the premium deluxe wax on his face. Like, this is a person who, uh, man, looked very strange. But he was drug out on stage with his wife. Doug Burgum has said that Donald Trump is akin to a cancer in the Republican Party, and he made him come out and just absolutely pledge fealty for him. Donald Trump is in total control of the Republican Party. The establishment Republicans may hate him. Matter of fact, they might even get the Supreme Court to rule against him and keep him off the ballot. So that's what we talked about the other day. But Donald Trump is in complete and utter control of the Republican Party. Okay. Uh, now, anything else that uh, might have been notable that happened while you were out and about? Were you were you like in the media place? Were you were, were you around? No, I was in the crowd. The the Trump situation was really uh, not good for me. Um, I, I wanted to to give a couple of um, a couple of uh, feelings, uh, uh, some vibes from what happened. Uh, that you know that when I was covering this back in 2016. Nick, occasionally you would hear people say some really screwed up shit. You would hear them talk about threats and fantasies of hurting people, but they kind of did it in hushed tones. You know what I mean? Like occasionally they would yell it and they would do all that. But this was an ongoing conversation. I said this on, on my report the other day. It, it seemed like in 2016, they were feeling each other out. Like they were kind of surprised that they were able to do this stuff in public and they had other like-minded people that they could do it with. Now it's just the ecosystem. Mm -hmm. It's openly fantasizing about violence. I cannot tell you how many people I heard fantasizing about a civil war, how excited they are to put their weapons to use, right? Oh, if they think January 6th was a coup, I can't wait for them to see what happens when it happens. Like actual open fantasizing about it, threatening journalists, talking openly about hurting journalists. And on top of that, they were so aggressive. There were protesters at this rally. They they got very, very aggressive with them. I actually had an incident, Nick, where a couple of Trump supporters recognized me, got in my face, and were screaming that I was a Marxist pervert, which, by the way, that's one of the new things that is happening. 
Um, Trump, of course, on top of talking about poisoning of blood, the, he's talking a lot about how immigrants are sick. There's a lot of disease talk, Nazi talk. He is also now talking about the left as, quote, perverts, creeps, sickos, and thugs. That's the new thing. It's going to start rolling and growing and doing that. Um, yeah, I was called a Marxist pervert. I'm what's wrong with the country. I'm going to get mine. Uh, it, it really got bad very, very quickly. It was a it was a really unsafe situation, which I've had people yell at me at Trump rallies before. I've had people yell at me at political events. This was a thing of a different stripe. I'll just say that. So so you got recognized. I mean, were you wearing your your muckrake hat? What like <laughs> I did not have on my muckrake merchandise. I'll tell you. So that. so they recognized you because they must have you know like those cards like they used to do in Iraq, right? The playing cards with everyone's face. Oh on God, it. yeah, I'm I'm probably on there with like you know the Copenhagen yeah, hearts. Um, and so um, and so like how close in their face were they to pretty you? close pretty close i think i think if it was a different situation there there it could have could have been bad and okay. and and the whole point of me talking about this is the vibe has changed and by the way carol in the chat says i want to hear about the god made trump stuff it was everywhere they didn't just play the god made trump video the god made trump people were vips there everybody was watching it in the audience there was so so much talk about Donald Trump being an emissary from God. Like that is not just Christian nationalism now. That is ballooning out. That is like really, really growing to be a problem. Well, I, th this is the one we could have also predicted to some degree. Once he yeah. started to tap into the evangelical and, and when a, with a guy who's, yeah. whose makeup is like Trump's and they were so magnetized to him, it just seems like, yes, this was going to continue to grow. You know, yeah, it does feel it does feel different, even just from the observing on the outside. And then what I'm hearing from you right now in a way that. Um, well, this is what we have seen from our research and our, our, you know, and watching this like and observing this. We know it like we we felt it. But to be among it was different, you know, and I I like we talked about in 2016, Nick, I said, if we get out of this without people losing their lives, if we get out of this without blood being shed, we're going to be extremely lucky. People have already lost lost their lives. Blood has already been shed. Democracy has already been wounded. The stakes are growing every single day. You know, I'm thinking like the reactions of people like me would be like, well, if he wins, we need to leave the country. But that just makes it worse, you know, and that's what they want, right? They want people to leave or at least to be consolidated in the, in the smaller pockets, you know, all these blue areas so they can, they can maybe once and for all get a better chance at winning like the Electoral College, which they, I mean, uh, the general uh, election, which they, does, they can't do. But, um, you know, that, that's what I, my reaction is. I want to leave and they're like excited about that. But they please get the hell out of here. Well, that's know? been the push, right? I mean, that was something that the Heritage Foundation and all these other, uh, you know, the uh, – all of them have been putting together these plans. This is one of the reasons you've seen the major migration from California to Texas to Florida, and then, of course, from Florida and Texas to California. That's sort of moving around politically. But one thing that we have to understand, Nick, this is going to November. I mean, Donald Trump may be thrown off the ballots. I, I don't know. I, I Again, I told you, I, I don't know how the Supreme Court is going to rule on that. Um, if they did, by the way, it would it would it would be bad. It would be really, really bad in terms of violence. I'm just telling you that right now. But, you know, we are going to ride this thing to its conclusion. And Nikki Haley is not going to catch Trump. Nick, I went to a Nikki Haley event uh, on, uh, let me see, I guess it would have been Saturday. And first of all, she doesn't know who she is. She has no clue who she actually is as a candidate. She's got cracked top-notch staff that have been paid for by the Koch brothers, by, you know, every mainstream Republican and even some mainstream Democrats. Um, she is stiff. She has no identity. Uh, she is pushing like this, you know, call to the shining city, Christian nationalism, shit, neoconservative, neoconservatism and war. But Nick, I'll tell you what, there's not a person in Iowa that I talk to that hasn't already bought into Trump's version of who Nikki Haley is, which is a globalist, and a shrill, hysterical woman. The sexism there, the xenophobia there, it is already in full force. She's not going to beat that. And the enthusiasm for her, it's almost non-existent. You basically have a group of people in Iowa and probably around the country who don't want to vote for Trump again 
they were trying to pick between Nikki Haley and Ron DeSantis. And they're just like, who do I choose? They don't have a loyalty to them. There's absolutely no push there. There's nothing there for her to give that is going to make her an alternative to Trump. And he, quite frankly, is going to grind her into dust. Right. Like, that's the thing. We really haven't. Uh, I'm trying to rack my brain right now to think about the sound bites that Trump has against Nikki Haley. I don't think he's gone after her yet. Oh, no, he's gone after her hard in the past few days. Oh, well, absolutely. She's a globalist. Uh, she's incompetent. The sexism is off the charts. What I heard from Trump on Sunday, like everything he basically said about her was consistently like, oh, if I said that about a man, it would be fine. Like he is going to, I mean, it's going to be a double barrel of, of sexism that's going to be unloaded on her in the next few weeks. Right. And, yeah. and, and well, whether or not he even needs to do that is up for debate because again, I think that what you're tapping into, what you're feeling is that there, there is a groundswell yeah. of, you know, decades in the making of somebody, they're waiting for someone like this to activate them. Yeah. Uh, and, and it required someone like Trump to do that, or, or maybe only Trump, because we had talked about this before. If Trump dies and is gone, like, I, I don't know if someone can, like, take the same kind of mantle and just keep going right with, like, the same playbook and go right with it without, you know, being him. That On that point, by the way, I want to put this on the record. Trump looks terrible. I was just going to say, there's a photo I just saw. He's wearing the caucus captain hat. I mean, he looks orange. He looks bad. Wow. And and there's a lot of talk right now about his physicality has changed. Uh, people are starting to talk about his health. And, uh, you know, the thing about it is, though, and I, I, I want to break this down for people because this is important. From the, the uh, exit polls, Nick, 60% of the people who went into the caucuses tonight said that even if Trump is convicted, he should serve as president. Um, they don't care what his health is. They don't care whether he's been convicted. It is simply that he has become a rallying point for saying that this system is so corrupted that it needs to be burned to the ground. And we want to elect somebody who will burn it to the ground. And by the way, I don't even think they're actually that interested in electing him, Nick. I think they're interested in getting him to the election so he can claim that the election has been stolen and then let the cards fall where they may. I don't even think they're actually that interested in politics anymore. I think they're more interested in destruction. Okay. And, and the other thing I would think is, you know, it's not that they won't care that he got convicted of all these crimes. They will simply reject the notion that he ever committed them in the first place. Yes. And that, that is the other problem we have, because then that becomes a very malleable, you know, you've said this before in the last pie, like, you know, that our laws mean nothing at that no. point, um, you know, and so, um, and the activation of the Department of Justice for, in his favor will be disgusting and tra tra terrible. And again, a, a different type of government that we were not, we didn't want to have and shouldn't be living in. Um, the, okay, so the Haley rally, or Haley, Haley, Haley rally you went to, um, she, she doesn't know who she is. She's kind of all over the place. I mean, I think again, she, she's try, probably trying to ride some sort of weird being really aggressively conservative in some vein yeah. and also trying to be, you know, the <clears throat> rational, normal, somewhat to the le uh, center uh, candidate as well. Uh, right. Cause that's, that's where she's got to stake out the there. She's not going to be able to get around the Sa The Santos is now firmly the right and will never move at all to the, for the left. So, well, I, I can't wait. I can't wait to basically discuss Ron DeSantis's political obituary here in a little bit. So I think that, that, that lane is going to be open for her, but Nick, to listen to her speech and to listen to her presentation, what she's trying to do, it is so unfocused. It, it is it is actually a really macabre stump speech and presentation. We're we're already at war with like eight or nine different countries. We've discussed this from the debates. Um, there's a lot of conversation about maiming of people, uh, of, of like uh, people being injured and hurt, and 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 like it is really. Um, it's a really nightmarish portrait of the country, but what is she trying to give them, Nick? She's saying Donald Trump is chaotic. It's my turn. And that, who is that even going to begin to, to, to get over to her side? There's nobody that is going to go along with that. And, and I don't know if you saw this, Nick, the final Des Moines register poll, like before tonight, and that is like the Bible, what to expect from, from uh, the caucuses. She had for her enthusiasm, like how many people were actually enthusiastic about her? And she took second in that poll. She was number two behind Donald Trump in that poll. Think about that for a second. She was the main alternative to Donald Trump. 
Do you know how many of the people planning on caucusing for Nikki Haley described themselves as enthusiastic for her? 5%. 9%. Yeah. And that tracks. Yeah. That's bad. Well, the, the other part of the issue here is that the more um, opponents Trump has, the better it works for him. Everyone else divides whatever's left. And so that's what got him in 2016, right? There were so many people, and he kept was able to capitalize with 25%, right? He could win some of those until finally it windled down, but that was too late. He already had the, the momentum. And probably the same thing here. And listen, there's absolutely no way anyone is going to overtake him short of him having some, uh, you know, horrible health problem, uh, you know, at least in the, in the primaries. So Nikki Haley has to, it has to be banking on the fact that this, uh, DeSantis has to drop out. Like that's the only way she can gain any kind of momentum that way and jump up and maybe go from 20% to, I don't know, 28%, you know, while he gets his, you know, 50 or whatever it's going to be. I mean, let's say right now the caucus that uh, it, it just got updated uh, is she is one point behind DeSantis. It's kind of really close. Um, I really hope you don't, but you think that DeSantis would drop out if he's third by a hair? Yeah, I think that's it. Matter of fact, I, I, I think there's a possibility DeSantis even drops out if he takes second. Um yeah, you really? I, I yeah, I do. I do. Everything was put on this. He has no game in New Hampshire. He has no game in in South Carolina. Actually, the more that we gain distance from this absolute uh, abysmal campaign, the more you realize like this was a bad strategy for Ron DeSantis. <laughs> like he really thought he was going to win in Iowa, and suddenly you know people would just flock to him. He might take second tonight. Because the people supporting him know that his career is on the line. So they might actually show up to the caucuses, whereas the people who want to support Nikki Haley are like, ah, she's going to take second. I'm not going to worry about it. On top of that, like, I'm not really excited about her. And it's negative 20 right now. So I, I I could even see Ron DeSantis squeaking out second and dropping out. Like, there's just really no path forward for him. Uh, you know, and that's the other problem is it's like how many people didn't even bother coming out because it was so cold. Yes. You know, I'm looking at the numbers right now. It's 30. They're it's like, way it's like, down. 45,000 people voted, I guess, is that if I'm reading this correctly. Oh, it's more than that. Uh, uh, the, estimates, than- the estimates are that this is going to be low turnout, probably roughly around 60,000 less people than in 2016. Yeah. I mean, you know, and then and then for some reason, this little state, uh, no offense to the people out in Iowa, get to have this huge, you know, influence huge. Uh, on everybody. Although maybe By the way, I love Iowa. I love Iowans. I love Iowa. It was so cold that it was uh, it, it was it was tough out there. Well, there um, are some Iowans out there that understand what we're talking about. Right. And are going to be activated for the Democratic primary. Right. They're out there. Sure. Yes, there are. <laughs> I mean, it's not. Yeah, they have a proud tradition of having democratic politics in that in, in that state. But I, I do want to go ahead and say, I, and I was talking about this in the lead up to the caucuses, Nick. Iowans, Iowans really take this seriously, and they don't like to get behind the main group of people. You know, they don't like getting behind the main campaign. The fact that they have flocked to Donald Trump like this, the fact that these voters who consider themselves very, very uh, serious people, the fact that they have gotten behind him, it is it is really telling, I think, of what has happened in, in, in this body. Uh, I want to talk, by the way, real quick, uh, really, really quickly um, about I, I talked about this on the, my special report. I talked to a member of the Nikki Haley staff, Nick. Um, who told me in no uncertain terms that their strategy is that Donald Trump's going to get convicted and thrown off the ballot. That is what they believe. She is not trying to be the vice president. She has no interest whatsoever in serving with Donald Trump. Of course, that's what everybody says. And then Doug Bergman's wife is on stage, right? But they truly and honestly believe in their hearts that he is going to get thrown off the ballot. That is what they think is their path forward. She will be the last person standing. That is what they believe. Now, whether or not that's going to happen or if that's the direction we're going to go in, that's a different thing. But they truly and honestly believe it. So what they think that is, okay. again, it's not going to happen. The Supreme Court in the United States is not going to take him off the ballot. I'm telling you. You don't know that. I do know that. You don't don't know that. You don't know that. I, I agree that they probably won't, but you don't know that. I, all right, fine. I mean, listen, I, I'm, I, I can, I, I will wallow in my bombasticity of, of, of what I think about they're going to do because I'm so. It's actually cynicism, but um, you know, the how she'd have to, they'd have to. Okay, every blue state would have to take him off the ballot, right? 
So Colorado upholds, right? They hold it up and they, they take them off the ballot. And then it goes, who else did it? Maine? Who am I forgetting now? Mm-hmm. No. Anyway. Sorry, um, I'm sorry. I'm crunching some numbers on a couple of things. Go yeah. ahead. Well, it would have to be every single blue state. Um, I, we have to count the electoral college votes up. And, and I'm still not sure that, that he loses the general like that. You know what I mean? Yeah, there might real still be enough electoral votes. I, it doesn't seem like there would be, but like maybe – Right. I, uh, someone did the math, maybe in the comments, they have the math out there with the electoral votes. But like, I just um, I just wanted to say, Nick, by the way, I, I, I just got a report from somebody I know in Iowa who knows these things. And I'm looking at the numbers, too. There's a very real possibility that DeSantis and Haley finish within two points of each other, like real photo finish stuff. There's a real possibility of it. Mm hmm. Well, right now it's 10,000 10, to 9,400. It's like 600 vote difference, yeah. which is probably a, a big enough where DeSantis is going to hold on at this point. So, you know, but I, I, don't, I don't, I don't, I don't think that's true necessarily, but I, I think, I think it could be very, very close between the two of them. You, oh, you think it's going to be close to 600 uh, vote gap? I mean, maybe, I don't know. To me, I think, I think it's going to be pretty close. Yeah. Um, yeah. But they do, they, they legitimately believe that that's their path to victory. And I think they've convinced themselves. I think they've totally convinced themselves that that's how they're going to win the nomination. That, well, that is true. That is the only way they are going to win a nomination. So if that's how they, if they, if they think it's going to happen is a little different than how they can win is that either way. But, and I guess if you tell yourself that to, uh, to give yourself some, a boost and that said, she should be happy. Remember, she was polling a lot lower than this overall in, in Iowa up until this point. No, she's gained. No, the momentum is with Nikki Haley right now. And, yeah, and, so. and I, I, again, I'm going to talk about what I what I saw from Ron DeSantis and what I've heard about Ron DeSantis. And also, we, we need to talk about what this campaign is going to look like moving forward. Uh, a reminder to people watching this live as we're recording it, feel free to send us questions. Happy to answer them uh, when we get past uh, these segments. Um, yeah. Oh, yeah. I see like they're talking about why SCOTUS would not do it. They would require a, a conviction of insurrection of Trump. Well, that's what Jack Smith is doing. And the problem is they're not going to get that done before they're going to weigh in on this one. And then the question then becomes, all right, what if Jack Smith does is successful in having that uh, getting conviction for for what he's doing with Trump? Um does it have to go back to SCOTUS then? And then they say, okay, well, now he's convicted. Now can we take him off the ballots? It's a whole other thing. The things, for the record, I heard people say about Jack Smith and also uh, Fannie Willis this weekend, unbelievable. Like some of the most vitriolic, racist, sexist shit that I have ever heard. Like, it, it, it Nick, the fantasizing about using the 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 might of government to commit violence against your political enemies it it is it's inescapable right now among these people yeah that that's that's the worst part it's not enough to have like these policies we don't like we're talking about well i i long for the days where we would argue about tax rates you know like can't we go back to that and so it's now turned into yes uh fearing for your life if you're on the other side uh, with the, re- the the rhetoric, and, and I don't think Trump wants to ever acknowledge that what he's saying and how he's saying it has that kind of effect. Even though we've seen people murdered, people attacked uh, over and over again, um, I don't think he has. What is that? He's he whatever he lacks in terms of um, humility and all those things is the same idea where he can't have any self reflection or notice that anything he does is detrimental to the country. So. No, um, no capability. Um, I want to talk, and and we'll get to where we think the race is going to go here in a second. Nick, I want to talk about seeing Ron DeSantis today. Um, before I get going, I, Iowa reveals something about people. There's a thing that happens when you get to Iowa where you kind of have to present yourself sometimes as a human being. I call it the Howard Dean sweater. When everybody was talking about how angry Howard Dean was, so he started wearing sweaters to every rally to show his soft side. Um, Ron DeSantis has had to show that he's a quote-unquote person. I'm a real human person. Um, the, The thing I saw, and he's done this stunt with his wife and his children, where his wife will come out with his child, almost like it's, you know, it's a scripted sort of off-the-cuff moment where she's like, oh, I got to take my kid out. Excuse me, everybody, I got to do this. And by the way, she is so much more talented than he is at this whole thing. DeSantis wants nothing to do with it. 
He's like, oh, I guess it's my children. Go, okay, go, 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 go. Like he, he, he has no desire whatsoever for any of the human aspects of politics. And Nick, he is so tremendously untalented. You can feel the bad vibes off of him. Like, like in the room, it's like being at a bad wake. You know what I mean? Where everybody's there. They know the person in the coffin didn't have a good life, but you still need to go and see them. Give them yeah. a, give them a goodbye. That's what he feels like. And on top of that, Nick, what has become clear, and this also made the Trump phenomenon even more obvious to me. And this is something I've always felt, but I was never able to put the words on. They are not interested in someone to solve their problems. They are not interested in having a strong executive in office. Uh, Ron DeSantis's entire appeal was, I do a lot of things. I can do a lot of things for you. And they didn't give a shit. What they want is to hurt the people they hate. And not only do they want to hurt the people they hate, they want to have fun while they do it. That's what the Republican Party is now. It is a bunch of white, evangelical, wealthy people who want desperately to ground their enemies into dust and they want to laugh while they do it. Ron DeSantis never stood a chance. Right. Well, only because Trump already existed, right? Like, like, you know, that's the problem I think he had was he was doing the Trump trip playbook pretty well, like you know, following it exactly as, he, as well as he could doing all the woke anti-woke stuff. Um, you know, and, and we were worried that that would be the thing that would galvanize people around someone who's more disciplined, yada, yada. But as long as there was a guy who'd already had done it and done it better anyway, right? He he would, yeah, he he never stood a chance. I mean, Nick, right I, point. I, you know, I didn't have Thai food until I was in graduate school. Thai That's food, it. I it was something I never thought. I didn't even know Thai food was out there. Like I was raised in a sheltered environment. I came from the Midwest. I had a bunch of bland food. I didn't know I liked heat. I didn't like know that I liked Thai cuisine. The first time I had Thai food, Nick. I pushed away from the table and I decided I'm going to make up for lost time. I'm <laughs> going to have as much Thai food for the rest of my life as I possibly can. You know what I mean? I want some tonight now. Yeah. Tell me about it. I wish I would have got Thai food tonight. But here's the thing, Nick. The Republican base didn't even know that they wanted Donald Trump until they got Donald Trump. They didn't know that that's what they could get out of politics. You know, that dopamine hit of hurting people and that gleeful bullying of it and not being not being tied down by uh, expectations and social niceties and shame, as you talk about all the time. And they got there. They're not going to look back. They're not going to have some weird talking executive come in and tell them, hey, I, I'm going to assign more homework. They don't want homework. They don't want to be asked more of them. They don't want anything to, to happen besides their enemies to be destroyed, and they want to have a good time doing it. There was no chance. Once they had Donald Trump, there was no chance that Ron DeSantis was going to come along and usurp him. Right. And yeah. And so, again, like I guess we, we could argue or whatever, like this sort of disagree on whether or not he drops out. Um, but, you're, I mean, listen – it does make sense to me because he doesn't have a ground game anywhere else. And so no. that, of course, like, no. okay, do we, where do we go? Do we have a headquarters in New Hampshire? Do we have a, an office? Do we have anything set up? Like probably something to go do. Right. So, so that, I guess I, I hear you on that one, but if it's this close to, to Haley, they knew, okay, how about this? How long had they known they were going to get trounced by Trump in Iowa? I think I think that it started to be clear to them about a month ago. Wow. Th that late in the game. I would have thought well, it was so when they lost their donors to Nikki Haley. I think that's when they figured it out. Do you know right. what I mean? I, I think when that happened, they were like, okay, I think something's going wrong here, but you, you want to believe, you know what I mean? And by the way, you brought up, you brought up a headquarters in New Hampshire. There is no one in the world who is lonelier and more afraid than a New Hampshire uh, 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 campaign staffer the night of the Iowa caucuses. It is cold tonight in New Hampshire. You're watching these results. You don't know if you're going to have a job tomorrow. Mm -hmm. It could be done. And the DeSantis New Hampshire people, I, I assume that they are sitting there with their, their heads in their hands. 
Yeah. I mean, listen, if he drops out and then Nikki Haley starts to degenerate, you know, more of the anybody but Trump people, right, which is the key, one of the keys. Well, right, that's the thing. Anybody but Trump, I wonder how that splits between DeSantis and, um, and, and Haley, right? That's another interesting thing. Um, Most of them are going to go to Trump probably is the thing. And, and a chunk will go to Haley, but yeah. Right. So she, but again, she starts to galvanize and getting into the upper twenties, early thirties, gets to South Carolina with maybe like a better, a better showing out of that, you know, like, right. I I guess you could kind of see some sort of momentum, but again, we we're waiting for some sort of deus ex machina that happens with Trump that becomes really loathsome. If it's out of these, um, out of the, out of the, um, uh, the trials that he's going through right now, something, you know, and, and by the way, like, yeah, do we get an October surprise? You know, I mean, like they tried it. They tried the, 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 uh, Hollywood act, the access Hollywood tapes and stuff. I mean, who knows yeah. maybe there's some out there that they could still, uh, you know, or maybe the Democrats have it and they're just waiting to, uh, to, to drop it uh, in October. Well, I, I don't know at this point if there's any such thing as an October surprise with Donald Trump. I think everything's on the board. I think everything would have got thrown at him in 2016. I don't think there's anything to do, but I will tell you, I had a feeling going into this, and I wrote about it on my Substack, Nick. I said a one-on-one contest between Trump and Haley is going to mutate the Republican Party in ways that I don't think people are all that ready for. I think it's going to get even worse than that. What I saw from Donald Trump and what I saw from his supporters this weekend, like Nikki Haley is going to lob bombs at him. And she is going to basically paint him as a chaotic old man who is dangerous. Right. And she's going to talk about needing the military to solve. By the way, Nick, we haven't even talked about the regional war in the Middle East has grown like in, in uh, Iran lobbed missiles at the U.S. and Iraq today. Uh, there was another incident uh, with Red Sea. I mean, it's a mess. And that's only going to get worse. And Nikki Haley is only going to get more and more aggressive, calling for multiple wars. Donald Trump's talk about poisoning of blood and again, perverts, creeps, sickos and thugs. Uh, Nick, there was a prayer. The prayer before the Trump rally was for God to expose their enemies so they could, quote unquote, handle them Mm. like that type of shit is only going to get worse. And that's going to cross pollinate with the Nikki Haley campaign. And it's I'm, I'm sorry, but the political scene over the next few months, at least until Super Tuesday, is going to be, uh, for lack of a better word, Nick, mucky. Yeah, mucky. well, that's that's the worry when you have two candidates now or, or even if it's three uh, trying to one up each other in 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 Trumpism that that is uh, and then that becomes the baseline and then they go worse from there after whoever gets the nomination, which Trump does so. Uh, yeah, and we already know what they're planning to do, how they've already got it ready to go, and much more disciplined. You know, Trump will be uh, much more disciplined to get more of his agenda through. And, um, uh, yeah, I don't know. I don't know how we do this. I, I, I can only hope that somehow the there's, there's a latent, you know, um, uh, energy that will suddenly come alive um, to put an end to this once and for all, right? Because if Trump loses another one, then he's then he goes away, right? I, I don't think so. You, you don't think if, if Trump loses to Biden in 2024, you don't think he goes away? I, I mean, what does that mean for you? Does that mean he just gives up? Says thanks for the oh, memories. I mean, I guess it means he ain't running in 2028. I think that's that's we could say. Oh, I don't know. Okay. I, don't um, know. I would hope he disappears from the political landscape. Um, I, I don't I, think he goes away. No, I I don't think he can quit. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's too much, too much of a cash cow for him. Well, it's a cash cow. It's his entire job. I mean, on top of that, like, why would he quit? Like Donald Trump has enough. Like I I'm, I'm sick of all this attention, everybody. I'm going to slink back to Mar-a-Lago. I'm good. Yeah. Yeah. I hear you. I hear you. I mean, man, is there anything we can talk about that's good tonight? Well, I don't, I don't know about that. I did get a question. You, you seem deflated, Nick. I, you know, it's a long day and, um, and it's deflating. And then hearing your, even people like, we knew, we knew this wasn't going to turn out well. Do you know what I mean? We, 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 we knew all along that we were heading to this point. It's, it's one of those things, Nick. It's like, um, again, I don't like to fly. 
I'll look at like a, 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 a turbulence predictor and it's like over these mountains, you're going to hit bad turbulence. We knew we were going for turbulence. We knew that this night was going to come. We told everybody in our preview shows, we said, Donald Trump is going to win this. He's going to win it in a landslide. It's not going to be pretty. Now we're looking at it. Now we're understanding it. Uh, I will say, by the way, I got an email from Steve with a question for the show. Uh, he asked for both of us, what are the odds tonight of a Trump victory in November? What do you think? You know, I never had to do that plus 100 stuff. So I'll just do the. Oh, uh, yeah. Yeah. I, I always do percentage. Yeah. So, I mean, I, as far as I know, the polls say he'd beat Biden uh, at this point. It depends. It depends on the poll for sure. All right. I mean, I'm I'm going. I'll, I I'm, I don't know. I, I feel like he's going to be favored if it's even slightly. Let's say fifty-two forty-eight. Trump wins. That that's how you're feeling tonight. That's how I feel tonight. And by the way, that, that remember we always change when we start to have more democratic uh, events, and then you know things start looking. Oh, okay, we're going to get ready to vote and all that stuff. So that changes. But as of tonight, yes, fifty-two uh, forty-eight. Trump. I I don't know that I could give it a number right now. I keep saying this 2024, we're only, we're only halfway through January and it's already been um, a wild, wild month. Um, what's happening in the Middle East is totally unpredictable. I mean, it, it, we have no idea what's going to happen there or how that's going to shape things. We know that uh, international crises favor Republicans because of this bullshit myth that uh, Republicans are stronger and keep us safer, you know, and which has never been true. Uh, the economy, listen, this economy is strange. It is all over the place. It's, 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 it's like a, an uneven EKG. It is a very, very strange economy we're dealing with right now. Donald Trump is also historically unpopular. People hate his ass and he's only getting worse. Do you know what I mean? And I don't know. I don't know what's going to happen at this point, but one thing that I am I am certain of is unless he is kept off of a ballot, unless he has ruled ineligible, he's going to be the nominee for the Republican Party. And this movement's going to grow. Yep, that is that is the reality. And you don't have to even say, I believe that's going to happen. I just think that is the reality. You're, you're certain at this point, like you, you that that's that's where you are. Yes. I mean, you know, again, I don't think he's going to throw off the ballot. So that's one thing. Um, I mean, listen, is he going to have a health crisis? Like, it seems like he that's would. a possibility. I mean, that is a possibility. Yeah. But like, I, you know, I, I tend to kind of just err on the side of thinking that people are going to be able to live at least, you know, for the next several months. He seems like he'll be able to make it through there at least. So uh, we know that nothing will matter with these uh, uh, lawsuits because his people who vote for him don't give a shit and don't believe in them anyway. They do. They do not care. As a matter of fact, Nick, I, I have never, I, I never thought I would see so much oh. merchandise. Sorry. Yeah. Finish. Finish yourself. I just. I'm ready. Right I, 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 I never ever thought I would see so much merchandise of people wearing, of of Donald Trump's mugshot. It supports oh, really? it. They support it. They love it. They absolutely love it. I figured out the thing that's going to take him down. Oh, I can't wait. Epstein. No, it's not. Well, it, it's come out, right? And some of it's come out. But if that came out and they have the proof or evidence, whatever, that he it was a, you know, with the younger girls who were under 18, well, first of all, then he'd be in prison. Although I mean, I, I don't, I, again, I've seen way too many powerful, wealthy white men avoid prosecution. Right. I don't know. That, that would be the one thing I think that would m maybe do something, you know, like Nixon was afraid that they had evidence of him, you know, involved in JFK. That's why they created QAnon. QAnon is all about just absolutely running out ahead of Donald Trump and keeping him from being implicated in the Epstein stuff. It's That's pointing the finger at the other side so you don't have to, like, take responsibility for the fact that Donald Trump has been globe hopping with uh, with Epstein. I, I, I OK, I guess. So, I mean, listen, is there more that's going to come out? Like maybe. Right. I don't even know. If, or that was it. And nothing really came of it anyway, besides some innuendo. Um, but and by the way, just how it's just icky and awful and disgusting and like. Mm. I don't know. I think at some point their onus was on those people who were going to his island. And even if they didn't do anything, they, they shouldn't have been there. They should have known. By the way, speaking of icky and gross, I, I was next to Jim Jordan 
at the Trump rally. Shut up. You I, were. Sat, I stood next to him for a few minutes. I stood next to two notable people. And by the way, Nigel Farage was at the rally because fantastic. Um, I just looked up at one point and I was like, oh, I'm standing next to Kane, the WWE wrestler. Oh, yeah? Yeah, who spoke at this thing. Um, oh, yeah. Because you, yeah. probably, you, probably you probably liked him as a wrestler. I didn't support him as a wrestler. Oh, okay. I was an Undertaker uh, guy. But no, and Jim Jordan. Yeah, that could you smell the desperation and ick and ick off of that man like an ick. Ick didn't 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 feel good standing next to him. That that sucked. It it was a lot like how I felt standing next to Roger Stone. There was a an ug, ugly to it. You know what it, I mean? Just, you know, if I were with you and we and I was and I also found myself standing next to Jim Jordan, you know what I would do, right? I can't wait. I'd probably like chat the shit out of him. I would be like, Hey, Hey, how's it going? Like, you know, and just really, really, I would like to inhale it. I would want to just, you know, uh, bite into the apple and really feel it. And let, let just to get a, get that sense. Um, you know, I wouldn't say anything derogatory or anything like that. I would just be like, Hey, you know, whatever. I, I you know, I'd shake the guy's hand. I really want to feel what that essence is like. So, so uh, hey, real fast. Um, I am hearing from one of my people in Iowa that basically since 7 p.m., which is when the caucuses began, I don't, I, I want to, before I tell people this information, um, MSNBC and one of the craziest cable news things I've seen in years, at 7 p.m. before a single vote had been cast, they, they categorized the race as, quote, too early to call Trump has a lead before a single vote had been cast in the entire state of Iowa. It is like one of the craziest cable news things I've ever seen. Uh, but from the very beginning, everybody said that Donald Trump was going to win this. Apparently, Ron DeSantis and his surrogates within his campaign are burning down the phone lines, complaining to people that the caucus was fixed by the media. Which tells me either A, DeSantis is going to continue on and, I don't know, humiliate himself further in New Hampshire, or this is... You know, I I don't participate in rigged contests, therefore I'm done. And that that's his way of leaving, you know? And and I don't know. I don't know. But apparently apparently anybody who will listen is being told right now by DeSantis and his staff that they were that the, the election was rigged by the media. It, uh, I mean, I, I don't know. New York Times is giving him DeSantis basically calling second place for him. Have they called it? I mean, they're saying it's ninety percent chance of securing second place, which you know, lead now. He's got a thousand vote lead now, so I don't think she's going to catch. If DeSantis, if DeSantis takes second and he beats Nikki Haley by more than two to three points, that is wild. Yeah, that that is that is a that is a different thing. By the way, nobody is excited. I, I said it, but nobody is excited about Nikki Haley, Nick. Nobody is excited about her. There is no juice to that campaign. There is absolutely no message and no argument being made of why she should be elected. And right. I mean, it is, it's really crazy. I, and, and this is, I'm telling you this, Nick, I watched Rick Santorum, who's one of the most disgusting candidates that America has ever belched up, like give more of a reason to be elected than Nikki Haley. Like Rick Santorum had actual momentum coming out of Iowa. Uh, Nikki Haley was anointed the 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 new challenger to Donald Trump and has done nothing with it. Absolutely, she ain't dropping out as a third place finish. She's not dropping out. No, but I suppose she'll drop out after like South Carolina. Um, but um, yeah, what was I going to say? I forgot. Anyway, uh, Trump 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 will probably beat her in South Carolina. She might win New Hampshire. I mean, but then again, she might not get a bounce out of out of Iowa. But she she just absolutely has swan. She's been given all the money in the world. The amount of money on that re- on for the record, Nick, the amount of money that Ron DeSantis and Nikki Haley have burned through in Iowa, all that Coke money, all the establishment Republican oligarch money, the um, uh, hundreds of millions of dollars that have been dropped off in Iowa to watch Donald Trump possibly take over fifty percent. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I'm just trying to figure, okay, if that's the case. Well, Nikki Haley would have to drop out after she can't win her own state, right? If you don't win South Carolina, you're done. Right. 
So she's done. I mean, so it's just a matter of when, I, I think, at this point, the way this is going. Either way, just the numbers, the math, the way the enthusiasm, all the things, you know, there, there isn't a way, there isn't a normal path. Uh, right, unless you said uh, he is thrown off the ballots. Uh, and I don't think it's, there's not enough states that can do that that will that will make that happen. Um, but you'd have to be thrown off the ballot in the primaries is what, you're, is what she's got to rely on. Is, is that what she's relying on? I'm I'm so sorry. I was I was reading this message. What was the question? Right. Well, because the, the you know what the case in Colorado was about the general election throwing him off the ballot, right? Yeah. But he'd have to be thrown off the ballot in the primary uh, for Nikki Haley to have that chance, right? I think I think she's going to make the argument that uh, I, I right. like, he, he's not electable, so you have to elect me because all right, all right, all right I guess you so, have to yeah. elect me because he's not going to be on the ballot in November. Right. Someone's got to do it. Um, right. Nick, I I'm I'm being told that the anger emanating out of the DeSantis campaign is more than this person has ever seen out of a, out of a campaign in Iowa. And that's including like, I, I don't know if people remember this, but in 2020, the democratic caucus was one of the biggest disasters that has ever occurred. Everybody had a reason to be pissed off. This feels so performative. And if I had to guess, Nick, let me go ahead and throw this out because if I'm reading my tea leaves correctly, what is being done here if the expectation is that DeSantis squeaks out of second place, which is still a disappointment, then maybe he goes into New Hampshire trying to brand himself as the anti-media candidate. And because who he keeps going after the most, Nick, is Fox News, which is really interesting because Fox News wanted DeSantis bad. I mean, they basically were, you know, lining him up to be the next Trump. But if that's the case, that's that's an interesting strategy. I don't know that that's going to pay off, but that maybe maybe this is all strategy. But apparently, he's apoplectic. You know, it's weird because, like, okay, the the, the whole plan was Iowa, right? Like, and yeah. I, I'm trying to think, like, in 2021, after going through what we just did the last couple of election cycles. If you were to tell me that somebody was going to try and craft a primary uh, campaign around only Iowa, right? And that's the big one. We're going to just focus on that. We're not going to work with anywhere else and just really build a, a program there. Like that just seems ridiculous, right? That doesn't seem like a good idea at all. Um, but it's but we. I thought the DeSantis campaign already had come to grips with how poorly run it was. It was. So are they mad about the candidate? Or are they mad about how poorly run it was? I. That's a great question. Probably column A, column B. Right. Because like if they just. Just figuring out now that he's a terrible candidate. I mean, geez, you should be mad at yourself. But, um, you know, the, the other thing that's interesting I, I wanted to pivot to, if we could, is, you know, uh, Trump uh, attacked Vivek uh, this week. And oh, yeah. Went, went, went hard after Vivek. Absolutely. It, it was a little bit strange only because Vivek has been this guy who's been the mouthpiece, clearly angling for something, you know, not obviously going to get make the nomination, but he wanted a, a cabinet position, or, you know, something that's not that he's not, you know, uh, qualified for. Um, my take on it was they reached out and they're like, we want to do something. And I, Trump decided to to let him know and put him in his place publicly that that was their answer. Nobody, nobody is entirely sure what, what caused the, the rift with Vivek. Nobody's really sure what happened. And it it appears that something happened. I bet he got up in front of his skis. He probably went to him and said, Hey, or his, his people went to him and said, Hey, how about like secretary of state? I I bet she did something insane like that. And that's what and Trump's reaction was like, are you I think, kidding me? All right, now I need to do something. So I, I would imagine it could be something related to that word. Vivek obviously was just asked for something so ridiculous uh, and insulting, almost insulting, disrespectful that uh, that Trump had to do that. But uh, there's not a lot of other explanations as to why, because this guy's been a mouthpiece for Trump and um, has done any, everything he can to, to whitewash whatever Trump has done and make it seem nice and good. So uh, there, there, I don't, I doubt we'll ever find out exactly what happened there. Yeah, but that's if I. So we're 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 nearing the the end of our our election night coverage, Nick. Um, if I had to make a prediction right now, my guess is that DeSantis wins this by a point and a half. This is my guess. If he wins it by a point and a half, who wins it by two points, I think he goes to New Hampshire. Yeah. And by the way, at that point, you're just playing with house money. 
You know what I mean? You're just you're you're throwing it at the wall. You're seeing if something sticks. I bet he'll rage against Fox News and Republican media for a while, and he'll see if maybe people want to throw some votes his way. But Nick, if that does happen, if DeSantis does make it to New Hampshire, Nikki Haley can kiss any chance of winning New Hampshire goodbye. That's done. That's that's probably more than likely done. Interesting. And at that point. I don't. I don't know. I. I. I, well, I don't even. I don't even see her putting. Oh wait, I'm fight. sorry. You're thinking that if DeSantis hangs on and goes to New Hampshire, he'll beat Haley. No, I think Haley would lose any chance of possibly winning New Hampshire at that point. Oh right, she needs all those extra votes. That that's yeah. that right. But by the way, I'm looking at um you know one of these websites that has a lot of polling that averages it together. We won't call it. We'll tell you what it is. But um. She's polling at 30.3% and Trump is at 43.4, mm-hmm. which is interesting. And DeSantis is only 5.8. So even if she flipped every single one of DeSantis's, um, you know, num- uh, voters, yeah. she, that makes her 35, then 36. It's a little bit closer, but it's still seven points behind. The, the polls are always weird and Iowa changes the polls. Right. right. And the fact that she, if she comes in third, and and it looks like there's a real possibility she comes in third. If she finishes third in Iowa after she gains all that quote unquote momentum, um, that stagnates any momentum she has in New Hampshire. And if DeSantis stays in, that takes away some of those votes. At that point, I mean, Donald Trump probably moonwalks out of there with forty five, forty six percent of the vote. Right. And then so you her- go into you go into South Carolina, and if she is. We might we might have already seen, and this is kind of amazing to think about, Nick. We might have already seen the peak of Nikki Haley's campaign. Yeah, right. I mean, I guess that that had to be the calculation. She'd do really, really well in Iowa, get second place. Maybe DeSantis didn't have to drop that, out. She she for that. her to finish second in Iowa, she would have overachieved what everyone thought was possible. That was the best situation for her and now it just appears that she gained no momentum i mean she gained momentum from where she was for a while i mean she was neck and neck with chris christie there for a while and now she's neck and neck with desantis but if she doesn't come out of out of iowa with momentum and she goes into new hampshire with no momentum and also desantis to fend off by the time you get to south carolina nikki haley former governor of south carolina she might be lucky to even have a campaign office right and by the way, the, the polling in South Carolina is already so bad uh, against her and in favor of Trump that, um, you know, and it's her state like, like that. You, you got to have a better uh, uh, result in your state like that in polling even. So I would already say that she's not going to win, you know, South Carolina either. And then, that's, I, then what Nick, happens on Tuesday? I guess nothing. I guess. Nick, do you ever because you're you're a, you're a basketball guy. Do you ever see a franchise that's run so terribly that you like get kind of interested in how you would fix it? Do you ever do that? Sometimes you start thinking about like the moves you would make and how you would try and and, and make things sure. go down. I, I hate that I'm always having to offer advice to the Ron DeSantis campaign. It's such a disaster. Yeah, you know, if I if I am on the DeSantis team. I go into New Hampshire downplaying what those results are going to be. New Hampshire was never my state. I don't even campaign in South Carolina. I'm not interested in South Carolina. You put all of your chips into the middle of the table for Super Tuesday. Right. You go down to Florida. You make sure that you can at least compete. I mean, I think Trump's up 40 points in the state where Ron DeSantis is governor. But um, I, I that that's, that's your Hail Mary, I guess. But... Um, you don't really win the nomination without winning South Carolina. Um, but I, at this point, there's no, this is like playing chess, Nick, and you have like your king and one pawn and the other guy hasn't lost any. Like this is, <laughs> the board is not good. Do you know so, what I mean? You know what I do even more so than when you have a bad team, you're looking at what can I do to help them or, or what will I do to adjust all the things. Um, I'll be the guy who's like, for instance, my son is really, you know, loves the Chargers, right? And the Chargers were like two and six. And I said, they're not making the playoffs. Oh, there's lots of games left. There's a whole season, a whole half of whatever. I'm like, look up the number of teams that started two and six. And how did they, who have, who got in the playoffs? And it's like one or two, right? Like, 
So it's okay. Maybe there was like, you know, an exception to the rule, but when I look at it that way and I look at these numbers now, there's simply no way to do a 40 point turnaround or a 30 point turnaround or even a 20 point turnaround based on the polls that you see. The only thing that would happen is yes, if he dies or uh, is incapacitated or, uh, you know, again, it's not even the, um, the, 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 um, the trials he's involved in. None of those guilty verdicts is going to have an effect either. So um, if that's what you're hinging it on, then you're not going to be on the campaign. It's, 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 oh, it's just a waste of, of time and money and all that stuff. So, but I, I like your idea about the Super Tuesday thing where maybe that would have been the, what DeSantis needs to do at this point and focus on those because, it, it, you know, otherwise it, it, he's out. It, it's completely out. It, they're all, it doesn't matter. This is all moving. I, 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 I'll say this. <laughs> and, and, you know, maybe this is the theme of the episode, Nick. This is a, a really, really bad night for anybody who thinks that Donald Trump stands a chance of not winning the nomination. Yeah. Everything has turned out bad for the possibility that Trump could be defeated. Uh, Nikki Haley, somehow or another, Ron DeSantis had a disappointing night. Nikki Haley had a disappointing night. Like, that's tough. And nobody, like, in no way, shape, or form can anybody in any way, shape, or form see some way forward to cobble something together that could be positive and could detract from Donald Trump? Like every Donald Trump basically drew an ins, uh, 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 royal flush tonight. Yeah, is what happened. He held the line. You know, was able to. He held the line. He advanced the line. He, he, he the line has been eaten, regurgitated, and eaten again. Right. It is, he uh, only had to go to uh, Iowa once. I think he went to Iowa three or four times. Okay. Um, yeah, man. Um, Donald Trump, winner of the Iowa caucuses and uh, just absolutely destroying his competition and, and rendering them uh, useless. Wow, man. These results are something. Nikki Haley, really? I, and, and I knew this. I go into, you, you go into these things, Nick. I, I knew in 2016 when I went to a Hillary Clinton rally and I went to a Bernie Sanders rally, I knew what was up. You know what I mean? Like immediately I was like, oh, this is going to be closer than everybody thinks it's going to be. Um, I knew going into Nikki Haley's rally that it was it was like a quiche that, that hadn't risen. You know, it, it just it, it couldn't do it. It just yeah. couldn't grow. And then DeSantis, it was like, looking at just like festering rot and just being like, who wants this? Who who wants to like, you know, affix themselves to this? And that's what you got. You have an unrisen quiche and a festering rot. And then you got a, a fascist wanting to take over the government. Yeah. Rot, uh, rotting orange. Hey, thanks uh, for yeah. good food, Iowa. Thanks for the hospitality and good food. I enjoyed it. Yeah. Hashtag good times. All right, everybody. We are going to be back. Uh, here uh, on Friday for the weekender, go over to patreon.com slash podcast. This race is going to be strange and it's going to take some turns, but this is, um, this is a, 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 a strange night. I'll just say that. Yeah. Well, listen, I'll be looking forward to, to all those turns. It, it'll be I, We are political sickos, Nick. That's what we're here to do. That's why you play the game. All right, everybody, we'll be back on Friday. Can you ask before then? I'm Nick, you can hear me. I'm H.A.Y. Sexton. Thank you, everybody, that came out, watched, questions, all that good stuff. You all are the absolute best. Also, thanks for the encouragement and the kindness while I was out there. Mm-hmm.